this week's episode of the Stop, Pause, Think Now podcast, the conversations that matter with me, Joanne Grobbler, and this week's guest, Anna Kearns. So let me tell you a little bit about Anna Kearns. Private tutor turned artist, Anna has always been an artist throughout her life, but stumbled upon glass right out of college, began working with it and never stopped. Anna couldn't get enough of the beauty from brokenness and kept learning more art forms using glass and studying under glass teachers and even glass masters from Hawaii to Moreno in Italy. Anna has now set up her own studio and art collective and showroom in the heart of the Dallas Design District. Anna, welcome to this week's show. Thank you so much for having me. It is very exciting to have you here. And I probably should tell the audience that we're very good friends. So we're going to be very well behaved and very professional. Probably not. Are we? Are we though? <laughs> They're going to figure it out soon anyway. But I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share my story. And I'm excited to connect with all of you. So what... The show is based on your stop, pause, your think, now act moments in life, as that is the tenets of how I work with my clients, with my um, people, so that we can create these moments in life that are pivotal and help us move through and to the next level. So, Anna, tell us about the your stop moment that was the most memorable to you. You know... When you break it down into those elements, which you're terribly clever for having done, because you just, when you're in the moment, you're kind of rolling with it, right? You're almost in survival mode as it's happening. And so you don't know to like call it that, but I would say there's a lot of little ones, but the one that really stands out for me was when I moved to Chicago. I am from Dallas, Texas originally, and um, have lived a couple of other places, um, you know, Murano, Italy, uh, Sevilla, Washington, D.C., um, and then I was away for college in North Carolina. But when it came down to it, I had been living in my hometown for a while and just needed a change and couldn't tell exactly what I needed, but I knew I needed something different. Um, So that I felt called to move. I felt called to go somewhere. And honestly, I felt called to Chicago, which sounds weird, but I have family up there. My brother was living up there with my new little niece that had just been born. And, um, I just needed something that was like a bigger city and more importantly, a change from what I've been doing. Because when I moved up to Chicago, I moved from being a private tutor, which I'd done for like seven years. I was good at it, had built up a business, had a thriving clientele. Um, and it honestly, <laughs> to the outside world, made zero sense. Like, why would you pick up and leave a thriving business and your home you just paid off and like go to the frozen north, which, yes, is what my mother still calls Chicago to this day. Um <laughs> It is cold. It's pretty cold in Chicago. Oh, it is. It is. I will say that in my years living in Chicago, um, it was lovely, lovely visiting my family at the holidays. And, you know, I'm such a dutiful daughter that when it was negative 10 in Chicago in December, January, I just stayed and visited with my family because I'm that noble. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I did, um, yeah, I, I moved up to Chicago 
fell in love with the city. But more importantly, I went into art full time. I had been doing it on the side for years. Um, I mean, nothing is more cathartic after working with teenagers all night than breaking glass. It was lovely and wonderful. And not only that, but the whole process of fused glass, which is what I was doing at the time, that's what I started with and still continue to do to this day. Um, the whole idea of take, uh, breaking glass intentionally and then taking those broken pieces and putting them back together in a way that's far more beautiful than they ever could have been before they were broken. Mm. That purpose, that intentionality, and then the gorgeous piece that comes out of working with those broken pieces, the gorgeous hole that you can't see when you start out that only comes together, you know, at the end that I just, it, it just healed my soul. It just, um, it just made me remember that no matter what you're going through, that there is a larger purpose and that art form, I just, I just fell in love with it. It just, you know, it healed me from the inside out. And once I started with it, I just never stopped and added Lume and hot sculpting. But none of that would have happened if I hadn't have moved to Chicago and done the hard thing of not picking up and trying to tutor there as well. Um, but instead, diving in to the hard thing of starting my own business as an artist. Mm. Uh, which, by the way, you think if you start one business, right, a thriving tutoring company, you think if you start one business, it's going to be super easy to start another one because you've done it before. No. <laughs> and that was going to be my question. Like, you went oh. from this really thriving business to a startup again. Yeah. What and in a different in industry. In a different industry. What was your biggest lesson in that process? You know, I... Um, I would say th there was this one moment. I have cousins who live up there because my dad's family is all from Chicago. And I was tutoring. Um, one of my cousin's friends was trying to clep out of some college classes, right? Trying to where she take the test. And then if you do well enough on the exam, you don't, you get credit for that um, test at a college level. You don't have to then retake the class, right? So I was tutoring her in math for it. Um, after about two or three months of trying, of going full-time as an artist, being in the weeds, because uh, you don't realize what you don't know. Yeah. Until you're in the weeds and you're figuring out, oh, I need this. I had no idea. I don't know how to do that. Like, how do I do that? You know, and figuring it out. You don't know what you don't know until you get in the weeds and get down there and figure it out. So in the middle of that, I, as a favor to my cousin, tutor her friend in math. And I spent three hours with this girl and um, she was lovely and bright and picked up on all the math basics I retaught her from um, her like, you know, high school and AP classes. And so I, it was that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this going back after, you know, and, and I'd had the summer off. So it was about a five or six month break going back to tutoring. It was easy. I was really good at it and it felt really good 
to be really good at something because I felt like I was struggling through the weeds and underwater in my art business. And so to go back to tutoring for a hot second was so relaxing, but it was also um, tempting in a way, you know, my cousin was like, you know, I have a lot of, and the, you know, her friend was like, I have a lot of other friends who would love to tutor with you. And there was an inn at a very chic private school. And, and, you know, I, I just knew that it would snowball. And they were like, you could tutor on the side while you're trying to set up your art business. And I had this moment where I was like, I could do that. But I know that if I do that, if I try to tutor and do my old business while I'm still struggling with that's easy and I know how to do, but it is also far less exciting and is taking all of my nighttime and free time because that's when people are being tutored. Um, that is it, the quality of life. It goes right back to what it was. And I'm going to lean more into that instead of into building my art business. And I knew that if I went down that rabbit hole, I would never do the hard work. If I took the easy route, I would never actually get my art business off the ground. So you and now, that you now stopped. That was that feels like that was your stop moment. Anna, would that be right? And then you got in the pools. Yeah. Yeah. That is my stop of like, I can't, I can't do both at the same time. I would need to, yeah, put all my effort into glass if I really wanted to do it. And if I didn't do it, then I was afraid I never would. Oh, so you got in the stop, you recognize, you know, I have to go in all in. I feel passionate and strongly about this. I'm going all in on being a fine artist. So you got in the, you got in the pause I'm guessing there was some mess in the pause, you know, because <laughs> we all have mess. I don't care. I don't care. You know, you and I talk very honestly and openly. Every single human being has mess. Um, right. What happened in your pause? What was the mess in your pause? Honestly, the mess looked like a lot of self-doubt and a lot of I mean, I felt like it was daily discovery of one more thing that I didn't realize that I needed that I didn't know how to do, right? And then wondering, you know, the self-doubt of like, have I made a terrible, terrible mistake? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell have I done? Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> that was my posse must. And then like working through that and like figuring out, um, you know, figuring out how to learn the things that you don't know. I mean, I, I always say you go to the smartest people, which honestly sometimes <laughs> come off of Google, but like, um, or really Joe, I just ask you, I'm saying like, Hey, I'm figuring out, I need this. I don't know how to do this. Do you have someone who does this? And I mean, almost inevitably you do, which is lovely. Oh, um, but yeah, no, that's that, that pause of like, can I do this? And how can I do this? And, uh, you know, you really do in a way have to be your own cheerleader for a bit Yeah, because your friends and your family absolutely adore you. I'm sure I haven't met you. I'm sure you're lovely, but they absolutely adore you, but they have shit advice. <laughs> we have talked about this. 
gosh. I, you know, they're like, oh, you know what you should do? Vogue has a new, has a new uh, magazine that's Vogue Living. You should have them feature you. I'm like, great. Do you have any contacts at Vogue Living? Well, no, but I'm sure you just email and then they'll be like, oh, I love your stuff. And then they'll feature you. Oh, you should get something on the cover. That'll really help. And you're just sitting there going, oh, they have no idea how hard that is, how much work that is, how much, like the contacts that that takes. Yeah. And I think you've highlighted something that's really kind of maybe not always talked about in the world of building your own businesses that we all, every single one of us goes through, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I've got all I need to do this. I don't know if I'm good enough. It's that mess, isn't it? And it's that staying in the pause in that mess and knowing that every single person really does go through it, but it's, it's toughing it out, getting the right support, the right support team around you. And, you know, I'm a really big thinker in saying that's not necessarily always your friends and family because they just want, they have their own fears, their own stories, and they just want what's best for you. But what they want best for you is not always what you want in your life. Right. What they think is going to be comforting is not always comforting. I got told many times by my friends and family of, you know, when I'm, when I expressed that I was struggling and I was trying to figure out and it was hard. And what if I couldn't make it? What if I made my glass art and I loved it, but nobody cared enough to buy it? You know, all of those fears that jump in, especially if you're a creative, which I would argue most entrepreneurs are in some way, even if it's not physically an art form. But we're all creative. I mean, it's the adaptive mind. uh, It's the adaptive thought process, really, of like, okay, this isn't going the way I thought it would. How can I get around to have it go the thought I would? Or even recognizing, like, and adapting to the pivots, where you're like, okay, this is taking off. Let's do a little bit more into this and see where it goes. You know, like, just that. It does take a very creative mind. And my friends and family, when I express doubts of like, oh, can I do this? Oh gosh, this is so hard. I'm exhausted. They'd be like, well, you know, you can always go back to tutoring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that, when somebody says that to you, I know that I had said that to me when I set up 13 years ago. How did, I know how it felt for me, but tell me how it felt for you when people have said that to you. Oh, it feels shitty. I'm sorry to guess, but it feels like they don't believe that you can do it and that they're saying, it's okay. You can go back to that old life that exhausted you and took all your free time and you can go back there and be trapped forever. (laughs) Which of course is not what they're intending. You can go and be safe. You can go and be safe. You can go backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. And I am all for returning to things that work for you if that is your choice. But it is hard to, when you are trying to push forward on a new path, on a path that is not easy, and you knew it when you started, anything worth doing is usually not very easy. And um, yeah, it's hard though to be fighting and cheerleading yourself to keep going down that path and to have other people encouraging you to return to it. Ah, great point. We're going to pause that for a moment. Excuse the pun. Uh, We're going to take a break for a second, and then we're going to come back and talk about your thinking. 
So Anna, we've talked about this pause moment. We've been talking about this mess and this doubt and this staying with all the discomfort and about how people want to make it easier for us instead of, you know, maybe going, right, what what other way can we get through this? So you recognize that this happened for you. And then how did you find the right cheerleading for you to help you keep going with this incredible career that you've built for yourself? Well, you know, I, I really was encouraged by, uh, other entrepreneur programs. Mm. So finding other people who are going through similar things that I did. I had, uh, actually it was an, uh, a family friend who was herself an entrepreneur who in a medical device field that had nothing to do with anything artistic, but she said that, um, she, uh, you know, was asking how it was going one holiday and I was brutally honest with her because I just had no extra energy to lie, honestly, or put a brave face on it. And I was like, you know what, honestly, it's really a lot harder than I thought and it's not going terribly well and I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I know that I need to continue. Otherwise, I'm never, if I don't try to make it as an artist now, it's never going to happen. And she was like, who do you have in your world supporting you? And when I was like, well, you know, friends and family, she was like, oh my gosh, stop. No, yes. no, you can't have friends and family. <laughs> I mean, you can, it's just not going to go well. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to, you're not going to really get what you need that potentially. No. no. So she uh, was like, you need to find other people in your industry and preferably other entrepreneurs to uh, come in and, uh, sorry about the doorbell, but um, you need other creatives, you need other entrepreneurs around you to come in and uh, help build you up, help tell you about programs you're going to need, help, um, you know, give you encouragement in a way that is helpful and can point you to the people who can really help you move forward. Because I didn't go to business school and I'm an artist, but like half of my mind is businessy, half of my mind is artistic. And sometimes they go to war and make me cry, right? Um, sometimes yeah. they're very rude to each other. <laughs> and I think that is, you know, being a, a really, really, deep creative you know that is that is your zone of genius creativity isn't it I think you've hit on something really interesting there that I see in other creative creatives is that would you say that there is sometimes the tendency to shy away from the practical side of things as you grow your business in the creative arts oh my gosh yes are you kidding because (laughs) The whole artistic community is a very leading question. I can only ask Anna that because I know her exceptionally well. (laughs) I know. Um, Because everybody, the entire artistic community, um, well, not in its entirety, but the whole point is you make art for art's sake. And then if it's appreciated by the world, then, you know, then it's appreciated by the world. But, you know, like you don't make art to make money. But you want to know what? That doesn't run a business. That's not that's not how that works. And it's not a crime to make money with your art. It's not a crime 
to share your talent with the world. And like, I had that, I had to have a switch in that thinking, yeah. right? Actually, Joe, you were one of the ones who helped me with that switch in thinking. What was it? Wait, what? What profound thing did I say to help with that switch in thinking? You mean which profound thing? Um, <laughs> well, actually, and I don't think they know this, Joe and I met originally in an entrepreneur group. Yeah. Like learning how to build our businesses, learning all the sides. It was kind of like a crash course in, it's almost like a crash course in like business school, but specifically for entrepreneurs and specifically with the latest um, tips and tricks of how you do this, how you do that, how to, since an entrepreneur is every position in the company, you know, when you first start out, how to do it better and how to find the right people to help you do your business better so that you can really lean into uh, the things that you are great at and the things that are really difficult for you, but that you absolutely need, you can find and partner with the right people to do that for you. Um, because, I mean, there's nothing that exhausts you and robs you of joy faster than trying to do something you were truly not good at, but that you absolutely need for your business. It's lovely when you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I am going to commit some money into that because it overall is going to do better. And it frees me up to actually create art or to actually focus on other things that I'm better at. So um, Joe and I met an entrepreneur um, conference. And one of the things that she really helped, um, hit home was that, you know, like, yes, you're an artist, but also if nobody sees, like you have a duty to share your art with the world. Like if your art can really like make people feel loved and heard and thought of, and that it truly expresses who they are now, they need that around them. But I think you said something along the lines of, and pardon me, I'm terrible with a British accent, even though you know I love doing it. You know I love doing it. Do it, do it. Yeah, you're like, you're like, you know, love, if no one knows you're there, you know, like, no one knows you're there, there's no way that you can, you know, invade their lives. But you're like, it was the love. You're like, you know, love, if you don't tell people you're there and tell them that they need your art, they're not going to buy it and they're not going to know about it and, and how they're going to be cheated of having your art in their lives. Yeah, I think I said, I think I remember saying that. <laughs> Up on the rooftop after a couple of cocktails, you were like, you know, love, yeah, you, you need to bloody put yourself out there. <laughs> yes, that does sound very much like me. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true, that. isn't it? it this is, the, it is. You know, the thing that you and I have probably seen more you know, more often in people who are trying to make it in, you know, carving out a career for themselves or setting up a business is putting themselves out there. If you're not, you've got to find the most, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable for some people. Wow. And if that's a discomfort for you, we have to help you find the most comfortable way that we can get you seen and heard. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I grew up in the South in the States, right? I grew up in Texas and, um, I love my family, but very conservative and you don't brag about yourself, but you want to know what an entrepreneur has to do. You have to be able to talk about yourself and in a positive way, which I've actually been able to separate from bragging, right? Um, because 
well, and this is going to sound braggadocious in itself, but because when it's just true, you're just being descriptive. Yeah. And I, I just want to pause. I would just want to pause on that moment because I think there's something really interesting there. And I've spoken to other guests about this. I think as women talking, talking about ourselves in a very positive way, um, can be perceived by some people as bragging because that's part of origin stories like you've just said you know the the origin story was you know just just be mindful about how you talk about yourself because you don't want to come across as x you know whatever right. way right. Um, but I think interestingly there's more women around you know our age that are putting themselves out there and the reason as to why they've got to where they are in the world is because they've had to step up and say, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is my zone of genius. I can help you with this and this and this. And you literally can see other men and women recoil from the fact that we speak up and talk about what we're great at. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, and, and I have to say just as many people brightening up and being excited for us that we know what we're good at, but you do see some people recoil. You do see, um, some people looking at you kind of, I mean, gobsmacked that you would actually say that out loud. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, it's not, I I actually feel like I almost get the other one more. Like I get the other reaction of people who are impressed that I can say it out loud. And what I think of as bragging, very few people, when I actually say things out loud um, and in just a descriptive manner um, with confidence, you know, that yes, I now have my own studio and showroom. And yes, I created a collective because (laughs) I'm a little bit of an extrovert um, and thrive working around other people. And yes, I put my name on the building. It's literally called the Anna Lou Glass Collective. And you know how hard that was for me. Oh, I do know how hard that was. But I think I think this is interesting, isn't it? It's this speaking of, I, I had somebody who, uh, we will mention no names, but you do know the story about this. But to give you a bit of background, that they would say to me, oh, so how's your week been? And I'd go, oh, it's been great. Oh, I've been so excited to work on this. And I've been focused on that. And we've done some great work here. And that person then said to me, oh, you're quite big-headed, aren't you? <gasps> yeah, I remember that. Yes, you remember that. And I'm like, hey, you asked me how my week was. I've just told you. And you literally just put me down for sharing how great my week was. Which, which I know I said this at the time, but I'll say it again. And for anyone listening that needs to hear this, it was far more about them about you. Totally. And I think that's it. I think not, I think there is, there are absolutely is two sides of this, you know, where people who are, will celebrate you hard but I think yeah. there is a lot of people that are still catching up with us going, this was great. This was good. Oh my God. I had so much time doing this. Um, and I think culturally people are like, Ooh, are you, are you stepping out a little bit than your lane, a little bit than what we are used to? Oh yes. And, um, uh, and the people who have known you the longest are the, are the first ones to do it. And it's not that they aren't, excited for you as much as it is not their first reaction. Yes. Their first reaction 
until they're used to it. And then they can be excited for you. Although, you know, you just have to accept sometimes that some people, if things are not going well in their lives, have a hard time celebrating others. You and I, (laughs) we do it naturally, but not everybody comes from a place of excitement for other people. There are people, you know, it's just, it's not good or bad. It's just the way that they are. Um, their mindset goes to comparative, like a comparison of how you're doing versus how they're doing. And they have a hard time reacting to you with excitement. But uh, the people that you've known your whole life when they first find out, I mean, I've been back in Dallas now for two years. I've been a professional glass artist for uh, I'm going to say years, a good chunk of years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it is like 12 years. Um, but I, yeah, full time for 10 now, uh, for a decade, which is crazy. And people are still figuring it out because they think of me, um, from their experience of me growing up. They think of me as, Oh, sweet Anna Kearns. Oh, how's she doing? Oh, is she still tutoring? Oh, she's doing art. Oh, I didn't know that you were artistic. Oh, that's cute. Right. Like they have no idea. And then when they add, they're like, Oh, so do you have like a studio in your garage? So it's like, Oh no, I have a studio and showroom on dragon street. Um, you know, which is kind of the premier art street in Dallas. And, um, and I, you know, I have a studio there and then, you know, like you should come and see it. And they're like, Oh, okay, maybe. And then if they do walk in the door, they're literally the first thing out of their mouth is Anna. I had no idea. I had no idea you were doing this. And they, it took me a hot second because most of the time they do, when they're saying that, it almost sounds incredulous. Like, I can't believe that you did this. Yeah. You know, but like, you say this all the time. You just have to reframe that thinking. Yeah. Just because they're acting with surprise and incredulity doesn't mean that it is incredible. Like, it doesn't mean, like, it's fantastic, but it's not outside the realm because I'm completely capable. And... Uh, and I mean, uh, and see, I even hesitate there. I am a talented artist. <gasps> she said it live. Said it all the here, and I've got the record button going. <laughs> <laughs> you do. This is now recorded. But and it's I, gonna, and that's gonna be, I'm just letting you know, Anna, that is going to be your like clip. I'm going to make sure the editing team know that that's going to be your clip that we uh, oh put out there for you. <laughs> and you can have it then. You can just play that to everybody through the rest of your okay. life. So I think- okay, well, you, we both know I'm not going to do that, but I, I now know that anytime I'm having a moment of doubt, you're going to just send me that clip of me saying that. I am. Uh, but like, I, I do. Um, I am really grateful for that, for that knowledge and for being able to say that. Cause you know what, honestly, it took me a long time to get there. Mm. It took me a long time to get there, but there's nothing wrong with being able to acknowledge and celebrate your expertise. I've worked hard. You have worked hard. I think think the interesting thing as well is um, there is this influencer kind of style of world that we're living now through social media and lots of exposure to different people's lifestyles. The thing that I think we hear time and time again, especially with my guests, especially with the people that I surround myself with, the people I love and adore, is that have built these careers, these amazing organizations and companies and businesses that it takes time and work to get there 
Very much so. Yeah. What? So on that point, you, you're you in the action now. What are your top three actions that you think helped you get to this place of really knowing that you're an incredible artist? I, I would say one, uh, surrounding myself with a supportive entrepreneur uh, community. Um, uh, somebody who can cheerlead me and help mentor me and point me in the right way. And that I can also encourage as well, because this is, this is not a one-sided thing. Anyone that you get who is creative and starting a business is going to have self-doubts. And I, you know, like, it's just as lovely and joy, like life-giving, um, to give encouragement as it is to receive encouragement. So, and sometimes far easier. So one, so it was having like an, a community of entrepreneurs, um, around me. And that kind of led to two of finding the right people to help me with the things I'm not great at so that I can be freed up to do the things I am good at. Mm. Um, namely my art. Um, I mean, Joe hears this all the time where I'm like, I just want to make art, (laughs) but unfortunately just making art isn't how you run a business. Um, it is my favorite part of it, but it's not the whole. So finding the right team of people to actually support you and do the things that sap you of your time and energy because they don't come as naturally, um, or that you just flat out don't know how to do and have zero interest in learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the coding stuff, well, I think it'd be nice to have, am I going to spend my free time learning how to code? Let's be honest. Most likely not. Uh, I, I, can I, I want to interject about something there. Cause this is something really interesting that I remember challenging you on. And it was, you had created this really incredible piece of work and you wouldn't, you wasn't putting that piece of work out in the work in the world because there was maybe going to be something else that you were going to do with it. Do you remember this conversation? Yes. And I said to you, are you really going to do that thing, that TEDx talk? And what was the answer? I mean, maybe possibly someday, probably not. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, that advice of not putting out my um, that piece of content to the world, the uh, and like waiting and trying to do like a TEDx talk or trying to get it like copyrighted or being afraid that it would be stolen. You want to know where that advice came from? From one of my like fa- you know like cousins and best friends. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, it's it's to prove. And it's totally copyrighted now anyway. So oh, it is anyway, yeah. Um, but it was, but, you know, I sent it to them to proof and everything. And she was like, oh, and to make sure that made sense to other people and not just me. Because um, I'm a good communicator until I'm not. And she don't always catch those holes. So I had someone else look at it. And she was like, Anna, you have to be really careful. This is going to get stolen. It's going to get stolen hard. You need to have it copyrighted. You need to do a TED Talk. You need to all of this stuff. But you want to know, I, I mean, that was a year ago. And I hadn't done really anything with it. So Joe came in and was like, and thank you. We're going to take this from here and we're going to format it like this. And then we're putting it out to the world here. It's actually uh, a free opt-in on my website, like a guide to the commission, to commissioning glass art, um, which actually will walk you through. Yeah. What? It's fantastic. You're, the way that you walk people through that creative process is just 
oh, it's enchanting and it makes you really focus on what the possibility is and what you can create for people. It's stunning. Thank you. Well, I, my favorite part is still, because I sent it to her initially to proofread, but also because she was trying to figure out what art she needed for her home. Um, so I, it's not specific necessarily to glass art. She went through and did the, the color uh, work that I put in there of figuring out what colors you love and will always love to figure out what colors you need in your home and like how to figure it out and find the right artist. So um, yeah, it, I'm, I'm excited that it's now out and out to the world. Uh, and actually, if you, um, you know, if you want it, if you need a guide to commissioning art um, and glass art specifically, um, you know, you can go to my website and it'll, it's a pop up uh, that will pop up and say, hey, do you want this free guide to commissioning art? Um, compliments of me. And uh, that's on my website, analooglass.com. Absolutely. Um, we will include all the links below, but I highly recommend, especially if you are passionate about art and you're interested in creating, getting on there to create some glass art, that is the place to go to help you figure out what you want it to look like and really engage in the process. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Well, and yeah, that's the, that's a hard part. Sometimes, you know, you want something, but you have no idea how to communicate or express what you want. And that's exactly what the guide walks you through. It literally helps you step-by-step figure out what it is that you want um, and what you need on your walls to make you feel amazing every day, because we are in impacted by our environment far more than we realize. And when you have things on your wall that don't express who you are anymore or are old or were always a placeholder, you're subtly telling yourself every time you pass it that you're not important enough to get something done. Like if you keep passing something where you're like, oh, I need to move that. Oh, I need to replace that. You're subtly telling yourself that you're not worthy enough to have already done it, yeah. um, which, which is a tricky, it's a tricky thing. I mean, why not put something up in your life that every time you pass it makes you feel more like yourself or more of what you want to feel um, and have your surrounding empower you because this world can really knock you down. There's amazing things in here, but there's hard things too. Yeah. So why not Surround yourself by something that is building you up even before you walk out the door or, you know, before you get online. I mean, in this COVID world, like before you stay home, like have the things that are constantly surrounding you, building you up and encouraging you to be even more of who you are, like your best self, like, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, but have your surroundings encourage you. Oh, I love that. So the things that I'm taking away from this result to think about, surround yourself with the right people, surround yourself with the right environment, with the right art that really can lift you up and get your work out there in the world. That's my three takeaways from, you know, getting in the action. Yes. And I want to add one more thing on the action is not only putting your work out there, but putting specifically time aside to continue doing it. Because when you are in the midst of things and in the weeds and trying to figure it out, one of the first things that can happen, and Joe has seen this, Joe actually is great at helping you carve out time for this, but um, she like 
you, you get in the weeds and it saps the creativity. So whatever your zone of genius is, make sure that you are making time for it. Because if you're not specifically setting aside time for it and protecting that time, it's, it's the first thing to go. Um, which is terrible and sad because that for me is the most life giving part of what I do. Like my, my hands get a little, little twitchy and a little like antsy if I'm not breaking glass or playing with fire or doing drawing, doing something artistic, I get antsy and, and honestly it can even keep me from sleeping. So I, you know, that, uh, that delving into whatever you are great at is just as important as the other steps. And actually I would say uh, probably the most important step because your creativity is what, or like what you're really good at. That's what is pushing your business forward in the first place. So be careful not to sacrifice it because it happens quicker than you realize. I think that is a great closing focus that Anna it's like being really clear on what your zone of genius is and making sure that's that's where you, most of your time goes and we have to have all the building bricks and the you know I'm very passionate about building our businesses and companies on solid foundations but and we have to do that work but if that's if creativity in your zone of genius is not where your main time is being spent then you have to take a big look and have a restructure to make sure that's what's happening for you. Exactly. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Joe has been like, so what have you made lately? Have you been creative left? Uh, You know, have you been creative lately? Like, what have you been making? And I'm like, oh... Yeah, because it's easy for us to get it's easy for us to get sidetracked, I think, as doing what we do in running our businesses. And you know that I'm very passionate about bringing you people back on track, bringing you back on track, bringing everybody back on track to the the thing that you've told me originally that you want to do. Yeah, or to the thing that's life giving. Yeah. Anna Kearns, thank you for being an incredible guest on this week's podcast. You have loved it. You can find all the links to Anna, the analooglass.com website, the ALG Collective, which is Anna Studio in Dallas. Everything will be below for you and go and check her out. Her artwork is breathtaking, beautiful, and is something that definitely needs to be in your life. Anna, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm just excited. I'm excited to hear the response to this and to hear about everyone else's creative journeys too. And Joe, I could not have done it without you. So thank you. Take care. Bye.